What is going on, my people? ACCBR number 46. It's a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, got out of work a little bit early today. The sun went down in the middle of the podcast and I had a little trouble with my vision. But uh, just want to drop in, say hello. Skipped on Sunday. Not a whole lot of material to go on. Wasn't real ambitious on Sunday, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, a little depressed about the Georgia Tech loss. Uh, I did an ACC Nation uh, interview over the weekend for those of you guys who haven't listened to ACC Nation, uh, hosted by my buddy uh, Will Ogenen, Jim Quist, and I'd like to apologize to both those guys. I kind of redid my audio setup a little bit <clears throat> for that show. They told me they was having a little trouble with my audio, and I was messing with my um, my gain. I was messing with volumes and everything else. And what happened was I forgot to open the program on my laptop that runs my soundboard, I guess, or my soundboard runs through, and switch it to picking up multiple inputs, which, you know, I've got an input for my mic, an input for my headphones, and an input for my phone um, right through my soundboard. So, unfortunately, I'm standing here like a jerk-off talking into my microphone while the audio is actually being picked up by my cell phone, which is on the table uh, to my right, it, which instead of in front of my face is is four feet away, so it sounds like I'm in a phone booth in Calcutta during a soccer riot. Um, you know, it was unfortunate, but you could still make it out. I didn't know it was that bad until um, you know until the next day when I was listening to the podcast coming home from work. And you know, to Will, to Jim, if you guys listen, I absolutely apologize, and we'll get that uh, we'll get that fixed up before I before I make my next appearance. Um, you know, it's difficult sometimes because different different podcast people, everybody does their interviews differently. Uh, for me, I've got a handy-dandy little cord that goes right from my phone, right to the soundboard, and I just get the numbers from people, and we just go over the phone. Uh, some people use Hangouts. Some people use Skype. Uh, some people uh, do the call-in program, like the go-to-meeting stuff. So, you know, everybody's different, and for each one of those applications – you know, you may have to tinker with with your setup a little bit, and unfortunately, um, you know, I fucked it up. So, you know, apologies to them. Apologies, apologies to their fans. Um, we'll rectify that. That won't be an issue there. Uh, ACC BR forty six. What are we talking about? We're talking about everything. We're doing the recent review. A uh, couple news on some couple on a couple uh, high end recruits that are that are making the rounds. Um, Vernon Carey in particular. I give you guys the stock watch today. And you know, if you get a minute, I went down through almost every team in the ACC with Will and Jim on Sunday. So uh, you know, jump on Apple Podcasts and and go to ACC Nation and you know they they feed me some questions. I you know I talked about Nasir Little a little bit. Talked about uh, concern for Clemson, uh, what I thought about Miami, what I thought about Pitt, um, why Georgia Tech is struggling with their recruiting so much. Uh, you know, just just a bunch of good stuff. You know, Will's a buddy of mine. We go back a little bit, and uh, you know, good times. I can't I can't wait to uh, to hop on with them again. So, uh, you know, go check out their podcast. Absolutely, check out this podcast uh, in the in the future. Don't forget to like, rate, review, share, retweet, leave me reviews. Give me five stars. Make me a celebrity. Make my dreams come true. People can't do it without you. Um, and, and the numbers are going up, so I know you guys are doing doing your jobs. Um, I'm getting emails from some 
crazy fucking people, but they're uh, they're they're absolutely insane, and I and I love it, and they're hilarious. I got a really funny email last night that I talk about in this podcast, but uh, five thirty on a Wednesday evening, gonna go watch some games. It's kind of not great games tonight, so I'll pick and choose carefully. But uh, what is it? December fifth already. It's almost Christmas. God, I am Michael Hunter. This is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Got to cue up the music. All right, this is the ACC Basketball Report. Welcome to ACC Basketball Report, episode number 46. Jumping right into some topics today. We're going to kick it off with some recruiting news. Vernon Carey, who is the number two player or number three player regarding... (laughs) Depending on which service that you use, Vernon Carey is one, two, or three. I think James Wiseman is pretty well considered to be number one. Carey and and Cole Anthony would be considered two and three. Uh, He's going to make his decision tomorrow, 3.30. This is Wednesday evening. Uh, I say evening, it's about quarter of five right now. Uh, he's rumored to be down to Duke and Michigan State. I I, I got a feeling it's going to be Duke. There's a lot of people saying it's Michigan State. I just, I think Duke has been into this kid hard for a long time. Um, he fits Michigan State's mold very well as far as what they want from a big man, as far as hard work, big, bulky rebounders. Um, he looks like a Michigan State guy more than a Duke guy. You know, sometimes you watch a kid play, <clears throat> and you can just kind of picture him uh, in a certain uniform. When I see this kid play, I picture him in a Michigan State uniform. That said, with the way that Duke has kind of struggled constructing their class, I think they make sure they get this kid. Now, you can take that comment for whatever you think it's worth, but I, I'm going to go on a limb and say this kid goes to Duke. Uh, the other big name recruit uh, making the rounds right now is Matthew Hurt is, is starting to take his official visits. He visited Kentucky last weekend. He's going to visit Duke in North Carolina next, and then he's going to visit Kansas after that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he is kind of a uh, you know a long, lanky, 3-4 type player, maybe a Mike Dunleavy Jr. type player. Um, Matt Harpering type player, so, you know, somewhere along those lines. So obviously by those two comparisons, he is, yes, indeed white. Um, as white as the driven snow, you may say. But uh, very talented kid, very highly rated kid, very highly sought after kid. I, I yeah, I, you know, I see him. I see him in a Duke uniform as well. It just He just fits that Duke persona, I guess you would say. Uh, whether or not he ends up there, I think there's still a lot to be determined as far as that goes. But, uh, you know, he's starting to make the rounds, starting to take his officials. Obviously, he's going to be a spring signee kid, uh, considering that deadline is now passed. 
So, you know, those are the two big names that are starting to circulate. Uh, the Damien, I think it's Boff, B-A-U-G-H, is a Memphis kid who is a, a kind of a, uh, a combo guard that is now going to be definitely a spring signee. And you're going to see a lot of teams like Memphis, um, Georgia Tech in particular, as well as some other schools that maybe missed on Boogie Ellis, that may miss on Cole Anthony. This kid is going to be one of the most sought-after uh, point guards, combo guards in the 2019 class. Jumping right into the weekend review, there's not a whole lot of games. That's why I'm, I skipped Sunday, and I'm kind of doing this on a Wednesday. And we're going to get back into things. I think finals are going on at some schools this week. Um, like Georgia Tech doesn't have a game to get until Sunday, which gives them seven days off. So, um you know, I just wanted to get some games out there to talk about, and there was a couple nights where there was only one game or three games, and I just needed—I didn't want it to be a 17-minute podcast, which, depending on how little tangents I go off on, it, it could still be in there. But I wanted to, you know, to say hi to you guys and, and get this Wednesday midweek out of the way. Then Sunday we'll be back into the regular rotation. <clears throat> so this podcast pretty much covers last Thursday to last night, which was Tuesday. Uh, Boston College was the only game last Thursday, and they played again last night. So they squeaked by Sacred Heart, uh, 81-73 last week. You know, at the time, they're, you know, they're 73 in Ken Palm, they're 6-1. and one. Last night, though, they dropped the game to Providence, 190, I'm sorry, 100-95 to in overtime. You know, in, in the Providence game in particular, it's just bad basketball. Uh, you know, two teams that, you know, Boston College, again, does not play fantastic perimeter defense. Uh, Providence got some really good open looks from deep. I think Jimmy Nichols hit one. Um, you know, the one thing about Providence, you got to get Makai Ashton Langford off the goddamn basketball court. You know, that's a kid that was very highly rated going to Providence. I think he signed with UConn originally. And he just does not, he didn't look good last year. I thought maybe, you know, he make that jump from freshman to sophomore season. He has not made that jump. He looks brutal this year. Um, <clears throat> again, same old story for Boston College. They allowed too many open jump shots from the perimeter. Over his last four games, Kai Bowman is averaging 14.6 rebounds and four assists. Now, for any other player in the ACC, I mean, shit, you're taking it. That's That's solid. Um, then you move into shooting. In his last four games, he's shooting 32% from the field and 16% from deep. So this team is currently 6-2. and two. Um, They're in the 70s in Ken Palm. And Kai Bowman hasn't been right for a couple weeks. So this leads me to believe that you know Boston College is 6-2. and two. When Bowman does indeed get right, this team is probably one of the best of the lower tier teams in the ACC. Because... Something that I have not really been impressed a whole lot with is it seems like right now there's there's three tiers. I think I originally had five tiers in the ACC. There's the top. There's Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, and then there's you know Florida State, Virginia Tech, and maybe Syracuse, but maybe not. And then you you get the third tier, which is all these other teams that we don't really know a whole lot about, kind of a grab bag, which is Louisville. Uh, Louisville, uh, Clemson, North Carolina State, Syracuse, um, eh, maybe Pitt, um, you know, and then it seems like there's a lot of trash in the ACC right now. Um, Notre Dame, 
has uh, you know a, a good win here, but then a, you know a bad loss. I'm gonna get into it in just a minute. Like right now, the ACC has it, it started off pretty impressive, and it has kind of filtered out a little bit. And uh, I'm starting to wonder what's going on a little bit. But I think maybe it's you know a lull, some kind of lull before before we get into conference play. It's going to be a really interesting season. I, I, I think that much is absolutely true. Uh, moving on to Pittsburgh, they get a nice win over Duquesne on Friday. Uh, they didn't really play that well. They still win by 21, 74 to 53. You know, Trey McGowan's had 14, had a pretty solid night, one of the best games maybe I've seen him play so far this year. Um, he still needs to shoot it better. And, and I, ex- I, I expected more from him from a distribution standpoint. But Xavier Johnson has taken that point guard role by the horns and made it his own. So now McGowan's, who I think was recruited typically as a point guard, has now switched to that off guard position. And he may be trying to get acclimated to that a little bit you know, over, over the course of the season while he's learning on the fly to play college basketball, to play at the ACC level, to be a star on a team, to play in a program, you know, that's got a new coach that's, that's making that program his, um, you know, I, I think McGowan's is going to get there. He's a talented player. Uh, they then drop a game to Niagara and that was on Monday night, 71 to 70. You know, I, I blame that loud woman in the stands who uh, I couldn't hear that much this past game as I could the games before. You know, in that game, it was it was freshmen making freshman mistakes for Pitt, and, and really Niagara didn't play all that great any either. I thought Pitt played pretty well defensively down down the stretch. Um, had a couple nice plays when they put their full court press in, in position um, in dead ball situations. You know, uh, Xavier Johnson made it to the hole and took a shot, a layup after a head fake that was 90% down and then jumped out of the rim. And actually, uh, right after the buzzer, uh, Jared Wilson frame got a shot off, a turnaround three from about 22 feet and canned it, but it was clearly after the buzzer. So Pittsburgh goes one and one uh, over the period that I'm covering right now. I, you know, I, I think, I still think they're better than, than, um, than I thought they were going into the season, than most people thought they were coming into the season. Um, <clears throat> I think that they are better than Miami right now. And I said that on the ACC Nation podcast last weekend when I was on there with Jim and Will. Uh, Miami is falling apart right in front of our eyes, and I think Pittsburgh is starting to starting to get it together. Now, obviously a loss to Niagara, who plays in the Northeast Conference, I believe, is a setback. But when you're playing... You know, Johnson is a freshman and he's starting. Uh, Trey McGowan's is a freshman and he's starting. Um, uh, Adiasi Tony is a freshman and he's starting. Kenny Chukwuku is a is a second year player at Pitt who didn't play a ton at the JUCO level before he got to Pitt. Uh, you know, he's a hustle player. So okay, yeah, you know, he's he's not an ACC player, I don't think, but. He plays hard, and he rebounds the ball. He takes a couple too many threes, I think, but he is a really good free throw shooter, which is a, you know a nice a nice thing to have in a big man. Um, you know, Malik Ellison is you know a player who played at St. John's, and now he's getting acclimated. So there's going to be my point is there's going to be some growing pains with a program like this, and you, you can expect after a game where they blow out Duquesne, <laughs> uh, you know, an in-state rival. You know, a letdown against Niagara, a team that they probably should blow by. I think they were favored by 16 before the game. With a freshman team, I, I can see how that happens. But they just really didn't play well. Um, 
Georgia Tech, in typical Georgia Tech fashion, plays well in the first half the other night, uh, Saturday night, or Saturday afternoon, actually. I think it was a, a noontime tip. Blows a 16-point lead against St. John's in Miami on neutral court. You know, typical Georgia Tech basketball, Shamori Pons. You know, usually when you, if you're a Georgia Tech fan, you're going to know what I mean. You get burned by a guy that you've never heard of before or a guy that just comes off the bench and, and blows you up like uh, Desan Vasilovich from Miami a couple years ago. Comes onto the court, hits like five threes or some damn thing. And, you know, nobody knew who Vasilovich was at the time, just knew that all of a sudden this European kid's on the floor and he can shoot the damn ball. Um, Pons obviously is, you know, the preseason Big East player of the year, but to, to allow him to get almost 40 is, is absolutely ridiculous. Now, he was making some unreal shots, but uh, you gotta you gotta do something. I mean, put him on the floor when he goes to the hoop one time. I mean, do something. Uh, James Banks was fantastic in the first half. Uh, predictably, Georgia Tech abandons that game plan in the second half for whatever reason. That could have been you know St. John's adjustments. But you know that's the game you need to play. That's the chess game. You get James Banks the ball. That was working. Find a way to get him the ball. Find a way to get him to continue to to make things happen. You know, uh, Jose Alvarado, Curtis Haywood, Mike DeVogel combined one for 14 from deep, commit 12 fouls, had a handful of turnovers. It just, <clears throat> they can't put a game together. Um, there are some Georgia Tech fans talking about DeVoe should be at the point and Alvarado should be at the off guard. To me, that's completely ludicrous and plays against their strengths. Uh, Alvarado needs the ball in his hand to orchestrate the offense and DeVoe needs to run off screens and get in the short corners and shoot threes. You know, I think that is obvious. If you do it the other way, you don't want Alvarado in the short corner shooting threes. He's way too inconsistent to be doing that. And Mike DeVoe has zero experience in college basketball handling the point guard position. It's just, it's Georgia Tech fans panicking. And the, the best advice that I can give them is don't get invested in this program, especially when you know it's going to be a down year. It's just going to drive you crazy. This is a young team. Uh, an unproven team uh, made up of freshmen, sophomores, transfers, um, you know, grad transfers. Just, just, just watch the game and, and wash your hands afterwards, and and have a have a glass of bourbon, and, and do yourself a favor. Go watch some good basketball. You know, go. That's 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 kind of what I've been doing this year. Is just picking out one or two games a night where I know there's quality basketball being played. Entertaining basketball. I watch Virginia Tech Purdue. It's entertaining basketball. Okay. Don't you can't go watch Georgia Tech St. John's and expect to see quality basketball. Okay. You can't watch Boston College in Providence and expect to see good basketball. You know, Kai Bowman missed a layup last night. From the left hand side of the rim, he tried to go up with his right hand and missed it. Use your left hand. It's a left-handed layup. It's easier to use your left hand. I mean, these kids are going to college for free, and they don't know how to use their left hand uh, on the correct side of the hoop. It drives me absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, Duke played Stetson on Saturday. They won by a billion. I think it was actually 70. I did not watch the game. I do not care about those games. I, I, you'll never see me watch Duke Stetson. You know, I watched... Maybe the first couple minutes because I want to see Zion do something crazy. I'm not going to sit there and watch. They were up, what, 27 to 27 to 4, 20, 25 to 2, something? I don't know. But I ain't, I ain't going to watch that. Uh, Virginia Tech played Central Connecticut State. They didn't win by quite a billion. It was only a million. Uh, biggest note from the game, Kerry Blackshear did play 31 minutes. 
Virginia Tech had 28 assists on 36 field goals, hit 18 threes. Not a game that I've watched a whole lot of. It's kind of flipping back and forth. You know, Central Connecticut State's ranked 316th in adjusted uh, defense, so it, it's not too impressive to blow them up. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech is <laughs> Ahmed Hill, no shows, and then comes back, and I think he had 28 or, I don't know, he had some crazy number. But in the games, when it matter. Again, Virginia Tech is a team super talented. If they get hot from deep, Elite Eight, sure, absolutely no problem, especially if Chris Clark and Landers Nolly come back. Um, it, otherwise, it, it's like Marquette. They're very similar to Marquette. Uh, shoot the three, don't play defense. The only difference is, you know, Virginia Tech does have Kerry Blackshear, who for some reason is hanging out on the perimeter even more this year. Now, he shot 30% from deep last year, so he can hit the three. But, I mean, he's when he sets his mind to it, when he drops that shoulder and goes, he's fairly unstoppable in, in the in the block, especially against the team like Central Connecticut State. So, I mean, I think that he needs to he needs to get used to that because that's what he's going to be doing in ACC play. Those are the battles he's going to have. Uh, Louisville gets a nice win, 70-65 against Seton Hall. Effectively shut down Miles Powell in this game. Um, you know, for those keeping score at home, VJ King only 10 minutes played. Um, I think I might have missed a Louisville game on this on this rundown. Let me check real quick. I thought they played another game. Did they play last night? Hmm. I don't know. If not, not a big deal. Um, somehow I screwed up in my notes. Maybe I'm trying to run back here too without leaving so much dead air. You know, maybe you can hear Turkey in the background rummaging around, but. Um, <clears throat> I thought uh, I thought Louisville played another game here. Come on, this this new laptop. If you guys ever have, you know, when you buy an, a new laptop, you guys buy a Mac. God damn it! I mean, I think I bought this is an Asus or something. You know, I hadn't bought a new laptop in fifteen years, and you know the the numbers were all super impressive as far as hard drive and memory and that 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 and. Uh, this laptop sucks. It's just I open more than four, you know, two or three screens, and it just bogs down and goes to shit. So no, uh, Louisville. Yeah, that was the only game they played since uh, since Thursday. So I guess we're in the clear there. Um, about seventy sixty five. Seton Hall is a pretty good team. Seton Hall was kind of the darling a little bit a couple weeks ago. Miles Powell is one of the best scorers in the country. You know, VJ King is effectively playing himself out of the rotation in, in Louisville right now, and you know, I. I I can't argue that that shouldn't happen. He just he hasn't lived up to his rating, hasn't lived up to his rep, and he hasn't played well in his time in, in Louisville. So Chris Mack is effectively going a different way. Uh, North Carolina defeats uh, Vanderbilt 80-65. to Vandy was out Darius Garland, who's out for the season with a knee injury. For those of you who may not know, uh, Markel Johnson completely dominated this game. 19 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. C.J. Bryce moved out of the starting lineup for this game. Um, feels like Kevin Keats is kind of going in with an experimental route right now. Um, one player that did impress me was uh, Semi Shitu, which is a big-time center for Vanderbilt. He had a crazy dunk at one point in the first half. The kid has a very bright future. 
Um, you know, North Carolina State, just too many weapons, really, for, for Vanderbilt in this game. Uh, Wake Forest continues their excellence. They lose to a, a bad Richmond team, 84-74. to uh, Wake now has losses to Ken Palms, 107, 275, and 170. Uh, surrendered 48 points in that second half against Houston Baptist last week and 46 to Richmond in the second half of this game. Olivier Sire played 16 minutes and fouled out of the Richmond game. Uh, also turned the ball over a couple uh, a couple times. His current 40-minute average is seven fouls and four turnovers. And aside from that, Danny Manning has to go at the end of the season. Not right now. You don't fire in midseason. He doesn't deserve that. No college coach deserves that. They ain't out there trying to lose, but he is clearly ineffective, even with high-end talent. Um you know, it's just time. It's time to make a change. And I was actually seeing online today, if they get rid of him at the end of the season, I believe they would be on the hook for $18 million, which is absolutely crazy, which means that their AD, I believe his name is Ron Wellman, needs to go as well. That is absolutely insane. Um, let me uh, let me pause this real quick, guys. I uh, I started rolling and I did not turn the light on, and the sun is going down. Hold on one second. All right, I can see, I can see. All right, um, where was I? North Carolina State, Wake Forest. Okay, uh, you know eh, that's a crazy number. And imagine, you know, right now Wake Forest doesn't have a huge recruiting class set for next year. They got an experimental big. And they have Ismail Masood, who is a kind of a skinny hybrid forward. Right now, probably more likely to pay the three than the four, but could grow into the four, stretch four type player. Uh, that's a huge number. $18 million is huge. Um, they, I mean, they better be on the phone. They better be raising some serious funds. That's a, that's a crazy number. Insane number. I think I saw it was t- through 23-24, his current contract. They, they just signed the extension last year. Which, really? Signed the extension last year? A year ago today? Something like that? Absolutely insane. Uh, And speaking of insane, Miami falls to Yale earlier, uh, later last week, 77-73. You know, then falls to Penn last night, 89-75. So, they've now lost four in a row, two in a row to the Ivy League. This team goes six uh, six for 20 from three. You know, that's just not going to get it done for this team. Without Hernandez, I think they might be toast, uh, which sucks because Chris Likes is playing well. I think they're trying to make Anthony Lawrence uh, like the primary go-to guy. Um, and 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 I was I maybe at fault of that a little bit myself. I, I expected, you know, the natural progression of things for him to just be, you know, next guy up. And I think, in, in actuality, what you need to do is feed Zach Johnson the ball. I, you know, the biggest problem here is you give up 89 points to Penn. Okay, Penn is coached by Steve Donahue, who was the coach at Boston College before Jim Christian. And I think you guys all remember how good those teams were. Now, I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek because Steve Donahue made Cornell into a absolute power for about four years before he went to Boston College. And he's doing the same thing at Penn. The man just coaches Ivy League teams well. He's a good basketball coach. Okay. Um, Maybe not so much a high-end recruiter, like a power six recruiter. But you put him in the Ivy League, somewhere where he can teach kids how to play basketball, structured, good, offensive basketball. He's he's a good basketball coach. Um, 
as far as Miami goes, Chris likes playing well, Zach Johnson playing well. You know, like I said last week, or like I said on ACC Nation over the weekend, Zunder's a good player, he's a good backup player. You know, he's, he can't log these minutes. Now, he's putting up pretty decent numbers, but he, he's not, you can't, you can't put him in the, the screen and dive plays like you can Hernandez and have him be as effective. It's just, Hernandez has an it factor that would I think Miami would be able to succeed. They certainly wouldn't be in a, in a four-game skid if they had him. Um, it's a tough situation in Coral Gables right now. And, and like I said on ACC Nation, they must know something because otherwise somebody said the other day that VJ King is in the same investigation as uh, Dewan Hernandez and Louisville is just going whatever, you know, prove it. And if I was Miami, I would do the exact same thing. Because right now, I think you can still salvage your season. Um, you go a few more games, and I'm not sure you can do that. Uh, Syracuse beats Cornell 63-55. You know, Tyus Battle was a star in this game. 26 points, went 10-17 from the field. He had At this point, he had 70 points in the three games since Frank Howard's return. Syracuse was also 3-0 in those games. Frank Howard, in those three games, 10 assists, one turnover in 75 minutes. So he is clearly the key that, that makes this team go. Um so, you know, it, last night, you know, Syracuse didn't play that well. Um, you know, they beat Northwestern, which I, I, I fucked up my notes on you guys. I apologize. They beat Northeastern, I'm sorry, last night, uh, 72-49. So that makes them 4-0 since Frank Howard's return. O'Shea Brissett had 21-14 and last night, seven offensive rebounds. Syracuse absolutely killed Northeastern on the, re- on the offensive glass. They win by 23. Tyus Battle goes absolutely cold, had two points. O'Shea Brissett still shot seven threes last night, which, please, somebody went out there and tackle this kid. Stop shooting threes. You're just showing NBA scouts that you can't shoot the three, which I guess it doesn't matter right now because they already know. Um, but, goddamn. Uh, I mean, the kid is so effective when he's in the paint and just he does the Antoine Walker thing and he wants to step out and shoot threes and it just doesn't work. Uh, Florida State beats Troy, 83-67. MJ Walker finally played pretty well, 14 points in 23 minutes. You know, not a whole lot to see here. I didn't watch a whole lot of that game. I was kind of back and forth with a couple other games. Virginia beats Morgan State by 38. Didn't watch that game. Don't care. You'll never see me watch a matchup like that, as I've said before. Uh, Clemson squeaks by St. Peter's last night, 65-60. This game was tied at halftime. St. Peter's is bad. Um, ACC Nation last weekend, I told them, guys, I was not concerned with Clemson. I am still gonna. I'm gonna ride that out. Um, there, you know, lot of senior leadership, senior leadership in the backcourt, senior leadership in the front court, athleticism um, with the young guys. But they, you know, hey, what did I tell you guys? Brad Brownell's not a good coach. You know, Eli Thomas had a double double last night. He's he's playing fine, but without <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, without Gabe DeVoe, um, you know, doing the volume scoring, the volume shooting. They're going to play in some close games, maybe closer games than I originally anticipated. And that means Brad Brownell's going to have to coach these guys up. Brad Brownell's going to have to do some X's and O's. Brad Brownell's going to have to call timeouts, draw up plays that are effective and that, that get things done. Is he capable of that? You know, if you listen to the podcast for the past year, you would know that I think the answer is absolutely no. That's why Clemson men's basketball has blocked me on Twitter because I vocalize that because it's what I do. You know, I'm not John Rothstein. You know, I'm not, I'm not that guy. Um, it's just the way it is. Brad Parnell's not a great coach. And maybe that's starting to be exposed a little bit this year. 
um, Syracuse for the second time. We've already talked about that. Notre Dame falls to Oklahoma last night in Madison Square Garden. <clears throat> Not a huge shock. And if you watch the game, Christian James was absolutely unstoppable. Um, uh, Brady Manick was doing his best Larry Bird impression with that haircut. And Aaron Kalixty, uh transfer from from my old school, uh, UMaine, uh, made some winning plays for the Sooners. You know, and I, you know, Long Kruger is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. I think. You know, Notre Dame. Getting back to the ACC team, Notre Dame's success seemingly rests firmly on Rex Fluger's shoulders, and he just isn't playing well. He's not having a good senior season. Uh, Temple Gibbs had some moments down the stretch, hit a couple big threes, but also took a couple poor threes. DJ Harvey took a bad layup from the right-hand side, but actually made it. Um, Lashevsky didn't, you know, he played pretty well, but only played 14 minutes. Robbie Robbie Carmody only played three Prentice Hub was terrible. You know, you're going to get that with a freshman. Again, a lot of people are writing Notre Dame off. Um, they've got the talent. They've got the coaching. They've just got to put the power down to the pavement and, and get some traction and and put it together. Um, they're, you know, transfers, freshmen, injuries. It's They're, they're eight games in the season. Okay, They're nine games into the season. In mid-January, if they aren't right, then I will back off and tell you guys that these guys aren't any good. But I'm going to give them another 30 days. Um, they just, they're too talented. The coaching staff is fantastic. Uh, the, the, the talent's there. They got the size. They got defense. They got shooting. It's there. Um, I, they just got to put it together. Okay, Those pieces need to fit. You can't, you can't use a hammer to put a jigsaw puzzle together. You can, but it'll look like shit. Um, so that's pretty much the week in review, getting us caught up up to tonight, Wednesday. Um, I'm gonna, you know, go sit down, mix a drink, and watch some more games this evening. Who am I watching? Because some of you, some of you guys are crazy. Some of you guys listen to this shit immediately after I post it. And by the way, I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm getting some emails uh, showing me some love for you guys that are sending me emails. My name is Michael. Okay, it's right on the banner. Okay, M Y C H A L. Um, so you know. When you guys send me emails, show me love. The the best thing you can do by showing me love is spelling my first name right. And and you know, that's what I appreciate the most. Uh some crazy fucking Georgia Tech fan sent me an email last night. And I woke up about 4 30 this morning and read it and I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. But it was funnier than shit. Guy hates Georgia. Guy hates Pitt. Um <laughs> it made me laugh before I uh before I went to work. It was classic. But uh, you know, keep the ratings coming in. ACCbasketballreport.com. Haven't been putting a whole lot of stuff up there. Um, you know, I'm in a situation at work right now where I'm wrapping up one project and moving on to the next. So I got my head in um like you know, like six hundred pages of, of plans on this new building that I'm gonna be doing over in Raleigh Durham. So uh you know, a little bit crazy lately, um, and I haven't been writing as much as maybe I should. Slap the sign, should see something this week from me. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes real life gets in the way. So what are we watching tonight? Uh, Duke and Hartford? Nah. VMI, Virginia Tech? Nah. NC State, West Carolina? No. You know, I might watch Louisville tonight. They're playing Central Arkansas. That sucks. They're going to be a 30-point, yeah, 22-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Carolina at home versus UNC Wilmington. That might be a winner. Just I, I want to see, I want to see Carolina, and 
I'm hoping that uh, UNC Wilmington runs some pick and roll because I want to. I want to. I want to see how they defend that. And I got to watch Nasir um, uh, defend on the ball. It hasn't been playing a lot lately. Um, just Carolina's in a weird situation. I told you guys last week: do not get fooled by the record. Okay, Carolina is in that top tier in the ACC. If you if you for a second think that they're in that Florida State Virginia Tech tier, then then you're you're absolutely crazy. Okay, don't get fooled like I did for my, with Miami through the first three games. North Carolina is way too good to get this right. They are still absolutely my pick to to win the ACC. I ha, I'm not deviating from that at all. Um, one thing I did forget real quick was the stock watch. Stock watch is back. I was supposed to do it Sunday. I got a little bit lazy. Uh, who am I buying? Florida State. Easy one this week. Florida State. Uh, you know, this team is up to fourth in my ACC power rankings. When Phil Kofer comes back, uh, this team is going to be the real deal. Uh, you know, they turn the ball over a little bit too much, 275th in the country. But I think they're deep, they're versatile, they play hard. MJ Walker gets right. This team can go a long way in March. Uh, who am I selling? If you haven't been paying attention, it's Miami. This team's worse than Pitt. I said it on ACC Nation on last Sunday. Uh, I under I overvalued them. I got mesmerized by their ability to shoot the three, just like I did with Virginia Tech last year, possibly like I did with North Carolina State this year as well. They look absolutely atrocious, other than Chris Likes and Zach Johnson, um, especially on the defensive end. I mean, giving up 89, 90 points to, to Penn is inexcusable. Um, and... You know, they have a, they have good coaches. Larry Nick is a really good coach. Chris Caputo is a very good coach. Um, will they get right? I don't think so. Not unless Hernandez comes back. And I don't think he's coming back. I've said that for weeks. I don't think he's coming back. If he was coming back, he'd be back by now. So, um, what can you guys do? ACCBasketballReport.com uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, share, retweet the podcast, get the word out. The same spiel I go through every week. Uh, the numbers are skyrocketing, so I know you guys are doing your job, so I'm going to continue to do my job. I'm going to go mix a drink, watch some games. I got a little bit of time, so I got to do some some post-game editing and horseshit. And then, uh, hey, Pecone 36 on uh, Xbox Live. I'm playing the shit out of some, some Black Ops 4 lately. Uh, which the first time I turned it on almost gave me a seizure. It's so fast-paced. But uh, after you get used to it, it's actually not that bad. So if you guys are on there at Pecone36 on Xbox Live, look me up. Just shoot me a message that says ACCBR, and I know you're the real deal. All right. Uh, I think that's it. I'm Michael Hunter. This has been the ACC Basketball Report. Later.